This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. This pine tar for breakfast is brought to you by McDonald's. Open and ready to serve your favorites. Prefer no contact. Get them delivered today with McDelivery at participating McDonald's. Today, great episode ahead of you. We're a few minutes, few seconds, few minutes plus seconds away from Jeff Francoeur. That is right, Frenchie. is coming up right here on Pine Tar for breakfast. Stay tuned. What up, and welcome to another Friday episode of Pine Tar for Breakfast. I'm your host, Kevin Franzen, at Kevin Franzen on Twitter, and we got ourselves Frenchie. Frenchie's coming on today. Jeff Francoeur, longtime Atlanta Brave, Kansas City Royal, Texas Ranger, San Francisco Giant, Philadelphia Philly. We might run out of New time York Mets. All my Jeff Francoeur, Frenchie, what's up, buddy? Franny, how you doing, buddy? Uh, well, uh, to be honest with you, uh, today is a grand day for me. Talking to you, I always feel like afterwards I'm like, yep, I'm going to go accomplish something today because I, you're not a negative person. And no. in today's, you know, what's going on and everything – People tend to be a little negative, and I understand. And this right here is to have some fun. Let's do it. So uh, just to, to set the scene for everyone, you're now down in Georgia. You're by yourself on a farm, on a tractor, doing this interview, correct? As we speak right now, I'm picking up on a green, John Deere green. Oh, picking yeah. Up, t- picking up beehives that pollinated our blueberry plants and taking them to the back of the farm. Now, these blueberries are for your beer, correct? Well, yeah. I mean, it's a, a, a small portion, but uh, actually, you know, we, we sell through Wish Farms, and um, luckily, you know, it, it's been slower, the produce business, obviously, with everything that's happened. But at the same time, we are uh, making headway, and so we are uh, picking berries and, rolling with it so it's still giving me something to do although i would love to be down here a lot more but as you know i have three kids and my wife is like i'm not taking care of these kids all by myself so i'm down here for two days well one of the questions i have to ask and i and i've asked everyone is like how good of a teacher are you are are you teaching at all because uh your kids are young but in school a couple of them uh are you a strict teacher teacher. i'm the b teacher Oh, you are the PE teacher. I'm the PE teacher. Yeah, that's my job. So I'm actually the math and PE teacher. I was always good at math. My mom was a math teacher. So I am doing the, the PE and the math. Ooh. And my daughter actually, I tried to help my wife out one day and do it. And my daughter basically told me I sucked at teaching. <laughs> so, you know. I, I literally had that the other day. Tenley, like, Dad, I, I, I want mommy. 
Hello, mommy. Yeah, I'm like, why? She goes, yeah, said, you, you're too impatient. Yeah. That's, that's her words. She dropped, she, I'm like trying to teach her ease, you know, like she does them, but she does them in like such an, like a backwards way. And I'm going like, yep. Hey, we need to be a little bit more efficient here, kid. And she's like looking at me like, I do it my way. Okay. Yeah. Well, she dropped the impatient. I was like, you should have seen daddy play baseball. She <laughs> well, uh, you, you did have like almost 300 walks in your career. I did, which is amazing. Which is amazing because you, you probably are the best first pitch hitter I've ever seen in my life. Cause <laughs> there was not a first pitch that you weren't going to go after. Yeah. Pretty true. Well, look, the one thing, I, the way I describe you, and uh, I, I, I think it is universal, and I do, I do think that is universal. That every teammate, every coach that you've been around has just absolutely loved the time with you, um, and it doesn't matter about your play. It's the your what you bring to the table, what you bring. Obviously, your talent was one thing, but your your passion for the game, your passion for your teammates. And in a time right now, like when you're looking for, you know, positivity, you're looking for, you know, stuff going on. Can you put yourself into like a teammate form? It'd be like, what do I say to my buddies right now? Like we're, we're, we're apart from each other. Everyone's with their families, not knowing what's going on. Like, yeah, I, I could see you standing up and be like throwing out some texts here and there. Well, I tell you this, you know, Chip Carey, my partner, I have yeah. to talk to him off the ledge about every four days. So <laughs> what um, is he doing? We'll get into that. Well, God, he's about <laughs> ready to, to, who knows. But you know what I say? I say it's like anything, man. This is this is horrible what's going on. And, I mean, there's no other way to put it. You know, people are losing loved ones. You know, the economy shut down. People are losing jobs. People don't have this. But at the end of the day, I choose to look at other sides of it. And, and, and you know, not to downplay it, but at the same time, like, I'll tell you what, I, I have it thoroughly enjoyed my time with my kids at home yes there's 10 percent of the time that you're like oh my god i'm about to pull my hair out you know you do this but i'm like i really hope that coming back from this people will enjoy people again to be honest with you and and enjoy being around you know i think we take for granted that we're allowed to be around people and i told my wife i'm like when this whole thing's done or at least we're able to go back out and go to dinner. I want to take three, four of our best couple friends and go drink wine and have dinner for six hours one night and just enjoy the freedom that we get to do. And I think that's one thing that, you know, I hope people take the time right now to enjoy their families, to enjoy their kids, to really, you know, pour into them or pour into their loved ones and get a chance to hang because there will be a time where things are going to get back to normal. Yeah. And, you know, people are going to be back in the grind of doing whatever they do. But I think this is the time to, sit back to enjoy their families and you know you can look at it one way i have my moments where i'm like man this stinks we're never going to get out of this but at the end of the day what good does that do to sit there and dwell on that and i think if anything us being baseball players you know how many bad games did you have where it's like i got to turn the page and so that's kind of what i do day in and day out i'm like you know what i'm gonna wake up i'm gonna you know do stuff with my kids you know talk to some people and and really just try to bring some joy into people's lives at a time where quite frankly there's not a lot to be happy about no for sure and look i i brought this up to my wife today uh i said do you think and this might be stupid and me even bringing it up but like do you think like for for your kids uh especially not not the baby but like for for your your daughter and son uh kids of that age do you think that they become closer 
in this time and like there's something about that maybe we'll find out years down the road that like during this time they became so close that they you know <laughs> or they, they they started fighting more than anything but yeah. you never know that 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 bond that special bond will always be because of this time yeah no doubt and i think if anything hopefully our kids are you know i feel like it gets worse and worse of, of kids how they're they're spoiled and this and that. And, you know, you hear stories passed down from what our parents, grandparents, and now even the things that our kids get to do that we didn't do. And I hope that they realize how lucky they are to live in this great country and do the things they get to do. And, you know, I do. I mean, my daughter and son have fought like cats and dogs for the last month. But at the same time, you know, I know that, you know, they, they've enjoyed their time together. And, you know, quite frankly, whether they like it or not, that's who they have to deal with. And so, you know, I do hope that we come out of this looking at things a little different at times and that, you know, something good can come out of it. No doubt. And I got to, I'm a, you know, you know me, I'm a, I believe that and I believe that something good can come out of this. Oh, a hundred percent. I, I, I'm in the same boat. And, uh, when I, when I look at, you think about like the season, right? If there's a season, if we do have a season, when we have the season, I'm going to say when we have the season, uh, it's a sprint, right? It's going to be a sprint till the end. We Absolutely. don't know how many games there may be, it, whatever. It's going to be condensed down. Great. It's going to be unbelievable. If you're a fan, this is the one year where, as a fan, I, I just ask you, please don't get pissed. Just enjoy the fact that there's a game out. Absolutely. And I think that's why this could be a fun year because I think people are going to have the opportunities, you know, baseball in general, to do things that they've never done before, honestly. You know, whether that's, you know, like guys throwing out ideas like Justin Turner. I loved it. Like have a home run derby, you know, yeah. forget it. If, if And I think they're going to be able to do some of that. And I just hope that, you know, fans can, can enjoy that part of it. You know, what, that there's baseball back. What, what's the one that what's the one rule that you've heard that you're like, dude, I'm in uh, other than other than like the Justin Turner one. Like, what would there be another one that you're in for? Um, I tell you the one I'm not in for, and that's because I'm so old school with it. But I don't, I don't want the DH in yep. the National League yet. I think if that does come, which I think, quite frankly, it's gonna come one of these days. You know, I, I don't want it now. I want to, I want to make sure that, you know, when it does happen, it's here for good. Um, but you know me, I'm, I'm a, I, I like the pitcher hit, and I like the strategy of the game. You know, and I, and I hope we're still able to at least have that for a while. Oh, I think that would be – I think that's the killer to managing, right? I mean, yeah, you do yeah. have you, – you're still managing the, the, the personalities in the clubhouse and doing that stuff. But, like, when you take away just that little strategy part of, of how are you going to, you know, navigate through a lineup, how are you going to navigate, you know, getting your pitcher through, you know, is it the time to pull them, keep them in, Absolutely. all this stuff? It goes away. It does go away. Yeah, I love I've, – I've said it forever. I think it's phenomenal. And I've played in both the National League and American League, and I love things about both of them. But I think what makes it so fun is I love when you get to the interleague in the playoff time, and there's just difference about the leagues. And I think it's great at what it does. And I, I hope – you know, me personally, I hope we keep, you know, one having the DH and one not. I think it's, it's yep. really cool how that flows. I'm all – I don't know if you're in for this, but I'm all in on the, the seven-inning doubleheaders. <laughs> Yeah, well, especially if you're going to do the double headers. Yeah. You know, which I think you're going to have to do some day nights to get them going. Um, I think it's great because, let's be honest, the, the pitchers 
it's going to be a hitter's league. I mean, oh, yeah. you know, I look back to, you know, Jake Arrieta and Dallas Keuchel last year at the Braves. You talk to these guys and you ask them about pitching in June when they started, remember? Because mm-hmm. those guys signed late, did all that. And they'll tell you, it is it is different. It's not a lot of fun. You don't feel as good as you usually do as when you start in camp. That's basically what these pitchers are going to be doing. So I, I think it's going to be a hitter's league. And so I think, you know what? To do that for seven innings, I think it'll give the players a break. And I think I, there's nothing wrong with it. I, I think, you know, we did it in the minor leagues. Whenever you would play doubleheaders, there were seven innings. And I always thought it worked out great. I thought I never really noticed that big of a difference. You still get, you know, top of the lineup still, for the most part, gets four at-bats. Mm-hmm. So, I, you know, I like the idea. Well, when you look at, you know, for the season, that, that, that hopefully, as we talk about, when it happens um, – a loaded division, right? And, and we don't know how they're going to end up doing it. Is it going to be grapefruit? Is it going to be the cactus? Is it going to be the normal? We just don't know. But let's say it's normal, right? We got the regular NL East going. Yep. What a gauntlet these guys have got to go through. Like, you talk about, like, strap it up, ready to go. Like, between you guys and, and the Braves winning two straight uh, uh, National League East titles, you have the, the Washington Nationals, who obviously win the World Series last year. The New York Mets were unbelievable late in the season to go 86 and, and whatever they were, uh, 76 last year. Uh, the Phillies being 81 and 81, but better because of Joe Girardi. Miami's always that team that's lurking because they got like just these dudes that throw a billion. Yeah, exactly. Like, can you put your wrap your mind around what could be if it is the regular NL East this year? Like, what what's gonna we're gonna see? I, I, I hope they keep the same divisions for the sole fact that I think that's going to be awesome. As you said, seeing the NLE, seeing those teams go bat, battle through 100, 110 games, whatever it is. And then, like you said, seven inning games. Can you imagine, you know, it, it, those guys are going to be signing up for the doubleheaders. You know, the Jacob DeGrom, Scherzer, Strasburg, Aaron Nola, you know, Soroka, because they're going to get complete games all the time when, oh, yeah. they're, when they're throwing – seven inning game so those guys are going to love the idea of hey i'll be able to start and finish my own game i don't have to turn it over to the bullpens um i think it's going to be a lot of fun and as i said i, I think it's great when you talk about optimistic and I, and I know there's a few people out there why are we talking about sports at a time like this i don't think anybody's saying sports is more important than someone's life or getting rid of this i think what they're saying is that in two months People are going to want something to take their minds off of everything yeah. that's going on. And sports has always been a thing in our country that kind of captivates, you know, an audience. And it's it's the American thing. I remember growing up an Atlanta Braves fan. And granted, 2011, I was a, a senior in high school. But I'll never forget watching that game after 9-11 mm-hmm. in, in, in Shea Stadium when the Braves went up there. And Bobby Cox, the ultimate competitor, will tell you, it's the only game in my lifetime that I actually hope was hoping that we were going to lose. <laughs> and he said, because that city needed that game more than anything. Yeah. And, and I always laugh because I think, you know what, man, that's so true. And I think in a couple months, you know, it's going to be the same way a little bit. I mean, I mean, this country's going to need baseball. They're going to need, you know, golf. I love that golf has already taken the initiative and kind of said, you know, we're going to play they're not putting anybody at risk. They're playing tournaments with with no fans, you know. So it's not like it's not like it, they got all these people out there that you know are going to be having the thing to get infected. 
at some point, yes, we hope that fans are able to come back at some point, you know? Yeah. But to, to make it, to, to start at least, they're saying, you know what, we're going to have something where there's no fans and you get an opportunity to go watch your favorite baseball players on TV, you know, do their thing. And I think that's great that, that, that they're talking about that. And I think it's important that they do. Well, I think it's crazy to think that uh, what we do as far as being broadcasters now for games is going to matter more than anything because people are not only going to be watching the games, but they need to be entertained at the same time, but they're not going to be in the stands. They're not going to be, we're, we're having to do all that stuff. So I find to be that fascinating. But the other part too is put yourself as a player, like no fans in the stands. Like for me, I think is, is it's going to be tough for some guys, you know, the older guys that need that, like a little bit of adrenaline rush. Yeah. But if you take it as a responsibility as yourself to understand that you're entertaining people and you're giving people the happiness, like, yes, it is your livelihood. Yes, it is a lot of things in, in certain regards, but you are bringing something to the table for somebody that day. And, and if they can't do that, like, what are you doing this for? Oh, I, I totally agree. And I think that's why for the first time ever, you know, players, the union, the, the whole deal, I, I actually hope it goes well because exactly what you said, you know, I think everybody's going to get to a point where, hey, we just want to play baseball games, obviously for ourselves, for our families, but for the fans and to do something that is different. So I think I'm hoping for the first time you're going to see a, a great idea come together by a lot of smart people of how to do this. And yes, it's going to be tough. And, you know, and as you said, Jeff, for, for us on TV and radio and doing what we do, it's going to be important for us to because we're going to be the, the ones bringing the fans the game every night and, and to to keeping them posted. So I think it's going to be really important. But I also, at the end of the day, think that it's got a good chance of turning out in the end to be a good thing. That voice you hear is Jeff Francoeur, at Jeff Francoeur on Twitter, at Kevin Franz. You can hit me up anytime you want. More from Frenchie coming up next. As this pine tar for breakfast is brought to you by McDonald's, open and ready to serve your favorites. Download their app today for some daily deals at participating McDonald's. All right, we're back with Jeff Francoeur, at Jeff Francoeur on Twitter, at Kevin Franz, and that's mine on pine tar for breakfast. And look, I, I think there's one, actually there's so many areas that we could go with with uh, the Atlanta Braves this year, and but there's one that I'm like pissed, really pissed. That we don't get to witness because obviously it sucks to to face him. But Ronald Acuna Jr. Uh, basically said before the season, I want to go 50-50. And I don't think there was a lot of pushback by a lot of people. I, 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 I really do believe that this guy in the next two or three years is going to be the second best player in the game. I, I truly do believe it. I, you know, until someone can show me that Mike Trout's not the best player in the game, I, I – I, I, I actually try to tell people sometimes, like, there shouldn't even be an argument no. on that. I mean, it's not even close. It has no merit. This, you know, Mike Trout has shown day in and day out he's the best player in the game. But I truly do believe, and I know Juan Soto had a great postseason, but I still, for me, just I think speed-wise, the defense that Acuna plays, I'm going to give him the edge um, over Soto in that, in that fact. Um but they're both such good players, man. And I think it's – we. that's a great thing about, as you said, hopefully keeping the NL East at some oh. point is we, we have so many good players in the NL East. I mean, and so, so much many young good talent. players. Yep. And so 
you know, I think it's going to be so much fun to watch those guys for the longest time play against each other. And as you said, there's so much good young talent that, um, you know, these guys are going to be good for a long time. Yeah, and I mean, Ozzy Albies, you, I mean, you could go Juan Soto. You, you can, this Garcia kid that Luis Garcia is going to end up becoming something special for the Nationals. Uh, Victor Robles, you have all the young guys and young talent in uh, Miami. You have some young guys in Philadelphia. You you don't really have as many young guys other than Pete Alonzo in New York, but you're just it, it's littered with dudes. And like I, the Braves, I'm short I'm I'm short sighting them on everything because you got Austin Riley. I don't, it's kind of embarrassing to say all the the amount of guys yeah. they have, but that's kind of like why I'm missing more than anything baseball. I think the one thing I've been talking about a lot uh in the years past just when i was doing a radio show back in the bay area was we right now are in a time where these young kids that are playing are incredible and you could say that about almost any time i get that but right now i'm like blown away yeah. by the amount of talent control uh just certain things that these guys do i mean look at soroka like as a he looks what is he 22 and he and he pitches like he's 38 right i yeah. mean it, it's just like a veteran. Greg oh my Maddox. god! And and look at the the you know I know we you talked about Joe Girardi at the beginning. I think he's going to make a massive difference in that Phillies team. And I see a Phillies team that has every chance if if their starting pitching can hold up remotely, if mm-hmm. it can if it can give them some length and some innings. I really do love the Phillies team because I think McCutcheon's going to be back. You're going to have Harper in his second year, a lot more comfortable. You know. JT. So I, I think you got um, a lot of options there. You know, I, I do believe in Philly. And, and you know me, I, 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 I was not the biggest fan of the way Gabe Kapler managed. And I think I spoke <laughs> about that quite a bit in my last two years. And I think Joe Girardi is ultimately going to gain the respect of that team quick. And well, I think those players are going to play hard. And I, and I think you could speak, you know, more than anyone. I mean, Look, we share uh, certain things, and we respect and love our managers that we played for um, more. I think more than anything. But you playing for Bobby Cox and Bruce Bochy, I, I obviously played for Boch in San Francisco. I mean, to understand that those those are managers. They manage people, yep. and they manage you know the game and the whole gut feeling and all that stuff. But what when you look at Joe Girardi, he matches up in those guys. It just, yep. it, it, it's crazy. Well, and that's what, you know, I, it was funny when, when he came in and got the job, Girardi, you know, I talked to Brian Snicker, some Braves manager, you know, and he was like, crap, you know, because, <laughs> because they all, they all know, you know, they, they know what he brings to the table, Yeah, you know, and they know what he can do. And I think that's going to be something that, you know, he is going to, he is going to help that team tremendously. And I think it was a great hire. I really do. I thought I thought they slam dunked it on it. They got a veteran guy in there that people love, um, and, and they're going to respect and they're going to play hard for. It, like you said, and he's going to be able to make those big decisions. He did it in New York for years, so you know the spotlight's not going to not going to affect him at all. No, I, I talked to him this week, and I I just asked him. I was like. You have all off season. Obviously, you get the job. You have all off season. You're trying to, you know, spot, you know, text calls here and there to get to know these guys. Go to spring training. Five weeks, you're there, and you're like, okay, I got this relationship. And then, boom, it stops. Like, it, yep. how hard that is for him. I, I feel for him because the guy. Look, I knew 
I, I played against him a few times, met him a couple times, nothing like really in long conversations. That man is beautiful. Like oh. a baseball dude. Well, I remember doing a game last year in Chicago and he was doing a Wednesday night game. And, you know, I could, we sat down, we had a huge rain delay. So I sat with Joe for about 20 minutes and I could tell he was dying to man passion <laughs> that guy loving to be on the field and you know the big thought for a long time was chicago but i think philly makes a perfect place for a guy like him because they demand a lot up there but at the same time you know i, I think joe is hard-nosed enough to be able to take it you know but yep. at the same time accept the people of philly in the way they are and and that's the thing you you, you know, it takes a special person to manage and play in Philly and to be able to thrive through it. And, you know, I've, I've said, told you for the longest time, my, my one year there in 15, I thoroughly enjoyed my time. I like when fans hold me accountable. You know, if I'm not oh, doing my yeah. job, if I tell people this all the time, if I'm not doing my job, boo my ass. I don't <laughs> care. But, but, you know, when I do do my job, I want them to show me some love. And they do. And they will give you that love. If you do what you're supposed to do, they, they will show you love. And I said that as a player, that's all you can ask for. That, that's literally all you can ask for. And so I think a guy like him in a situation like Philly is, is a slam dunk, perfect marriage. I, I don't know if I ever told you the story, but like uh, 2012 bases loaded in Philly playing the Reds. Uh, Cliff Lee's on the mound guy hits a bullet to my left. I'm playing third. I make the sick play. It's like sliding to my left, fire, spin around, and, and get the force out at home. Place went nuts, like standing O type thing. Seventh inning comes around, runner at third, two outs. It's like a, a dribbler down the line close to the third base bag, and it just clanks off my glove. Dude, I heard so many boos for like two innings. It was like, yeah. Like, I, I hated it, but at the same time I was going – this is real. like. This. Well, and that's why it's it's such a fun place to play because of that. I remember we played the Nationals one game, and I know they've showed it a thousand times, but I basically – Denard Span hit a ball down the right field line, and I fumbled the ball about 42 times in right field. <laughs> and if I didn't pick it up cleanly the last time, he was going to have an inside-the-park home run, Little League home run. And I finally got it in. He got a triple, which should have been single, maybe a double. And, I mean, they were crushing me out there. And I was smiling and agreeing with them. I'm like, that's brutal. I mean, that sucks. <laughs> and and then again, of course, you know, two innings later, I actually hit a two-run bomb off Strasburg. And we ended up winning the game three to one. And I come out the right field, and they were loving me. And I was still smiling and playing with them. And I think it's that that thing. They, they bring passion into you, which is something that is so much fun in the long baseball season because it's not football. Football 16-game sprint. So even if you're playing – you know, in a, in a in a stadium or city that's not awesome, you're still getting that you know adrenaline. In yeah. baseball, it's not that way. You can go to certain places. I'm not going to call out stadiums, but we all know them. You can go there for three days, and it's like, oh my gosh, it's like pulling teeth. Yeah, it's not that way when you come to Philly. No, Marlins you Park know. is uh, it's terrible. But anyway, uh, <laughs> <laughs> I'll say it. Yeah. Uh, I I, I kind of it's. You don't want to joke around about it, but like when you play with no fans in the stands this year, I mean, you're just playing in Marlins Park. You just got to revert back to that. It's pretty. It's pretty much. I I saw someone the other day. You know, being from Georgia, Georgia, Georgia Tech, they were talking about the NCA 
you know, doing a thing, a polling of what it would be like to, to play with no fans in the stands. And they said they called Georgia Tech to find out. It is. You just have to revert yourself back to that, um, you know, to get it. So I, it'll be an adjustment at first, I think, for fans to not have or for players to not have fans in the stands. But, hey, let's let's pray that at some point it opens back up even if it's every other row or every two seats, that, that eventually some people can come back and watch big league baseball. Oh, 100%. I, well, I think the only sport that really matters, like the fans and the the adrenaline, and I take that with, I mean, this whole thing, preface the whole thing, fans matter. But when it yeah. comes to not playing in front of them, I would think the NFL. because I, There's you, no way. I think There's no way. The adrenaline rush play. you have to have. That's my point. Or you're going to see a lackluster product, if right? Not, because I mean, those guys thrive off seventy thousand people, you know, in the black hole in Oakland. Obviously, I know they're not going to be there anymore, but you know, in different things like that, of having the number of people going crazy for you, you're not going to be able to get that. And that's that's as you said, that's the one sport I think that I'm like, ugh. Before I, I get into uh, what I want my surprise for you, um, most people know what it is, but you don't. Uh, working on TBS and doing the national games, doing the, the playoff games, I texted you often because I, I thought, and this is not because you're my buddy and all that stuff, but I just thought you were phenomenal. What you brought, the way you stayed out of things and let things play out and I, I don't know you and in and, and Ernie Johnson were were phenomenal. What was that like for you being on that oh, stage for the first time in you know doing it? I mean, as far as we get, you do the Atlanta Braves games. That's one thing. Doing national playoff games. What was that like for you? Well, I will tell you what. First off, to grow up in Atlanta and to watch Ernie all those years, his dad and then him, just to hang around that man. I wish everybody would get the opportunity because. He makes you feel so special, so just the knowledge he passed on. I, I hung out with him for seven days all the time. Whatever he wanted, I was there. You know, it's like, and of course, being in L.A., which everybody loves basketball there, he was a king. He was like the oh, mayor yeah. out there. You know, we'd walk out after the game and all the fans, Ernie, you know, so to do that. But it was it was the closest I've come to playing, to feeling that adrenaline rush again. And, you know, the best game I did, as far as had a had a blast was game five out there with the Nats and the Dodgers. And, you know, it's so cool because you do, you know, you grow, you get to know these people. And for me, I got to know the Nats guys so well, mm -hmm. knew some of them, but to get to know them. And I mean, you know, you never want to pull for someone you never, and, and it's the hardest thing because, you know, like you, we played with, with and against a lot of these guys. So it's like to see Kershaw out there, it killed me to see him hurting on the mound. Cause I love, Clayton's one of the great guys in baseball. Oh. But then when you turn around the two innings later and you see Howie Kendrick, one of the great guys in baseball, <laughs> get the hit. So it's the, the motion in it is is crazy. And, um, you know, to do that was so much fun. And then to work with Brian Anderson and Ron Darling, who are complete pros, um, you know, I learned so much. And I think things that are going to help me, you know, go forward and, you know, make me a better announcer. And so to have those guys to, to put the time that they did into me, and to really help me understand been a lot. And, you know, that, that was the fun thing of baseball, man. It was, you know, so cool to do the Braves game, but to, to be able to get out there and do a postseason game was awesome. Yeah, I to me, when when you look at uh, postseason baseball, you need to have someone that's excited. 
Like I, to me, like it, you're not a you're not a Debbie Downer when it comes to games, <laughs> and it, it you just had this perspective, and I was like, damn, I wish people would understand that that's not easy to do. Like you, well, you're Atlanta Braves all the way through throughout the season, and then you get to this, and it's like now we get to see the full full on Jeff Francoeur, and I thought it was phenomenal. <laughs> Well, thank you. I, th- I think the funniest part, though, is you have to learn. You know me. Like, I'm I'm not the technologically smartest guy in America, and I forget that people have phones and they can film stuff sometimes. But, you know, the, the NLCS, you know, the Nats dominated the Cardinals mm-hmm. every which way. And that game two where Strasburg was just brilliant in St. Louis, we, we get back to Washington. I'm walking up to the booth for game three, and two Cardinals fans come by, and they're like, Hey Frank Hoor, why don't you get Strasburg's you know what out of your you know what? <laughs> and I mean, I am so glad that Ron and BA were with me and stopped me because I I turned around and go, Hey, listen here, mother, and before I could say anything else, they grabbed me like Frenchie. You know, like cause they could be filming it. I was oh, about to go what? off on these two guys. You know, I was gonna I was about to go, why don't you tell your team to get some hits and I won't have to <laughs> but it was so funny because that was the first time the player came out of me and I'm like you know, I remember that was the one piece of advice Ernie gave me. He said, whoever's team is winning is going to love you on social media. And the team that loses is going to say you did a horrible job. And it's like, they told me, get off social media for a month. And that was the best thing I ever did was listen to him for that. But I, I said, I learned a valuable lesson. I, I almost got fired before I even got going. Yeah, no, you wouldn't have. You wouldn't have got that point. <laughs> they had your back. You were, I mean, it, it, it was fake tough that you were doing right there. The yeah. Cardinals fan. They don't say many negative things. No, and I think that's what was <laughs> probably caught me off guard. I'm like, where's a Cardinals fan yelling at me for? They never. Oh. All right. So you, you are you willing to do the surprise here, and that's play waffle or not? Absolutely. Yeah. All right. So it's pint tar for breakfast. We're here with Jeff Francoeur, and he's going to play waffle or not. This is I throw out a name. You tell me, did you waffle him? And waffling means you owned him. Okay, yeah. it doesn't mean you had to have homers off of someone, but if you did, that's a good thing. Uh, so if you're in, you're in. So you're in. I'm ready. Oh, yeah, right. I love this uh, stuff. One of my favorites, one of my favorite people in life, I owned his ass. I waffled him. But I want to know if you did. John Lannon. Jan Lannon. Oh, my God. I, that was a waffle and a half. Yeah. I absolutely owned John Lannon. That's, I think he's my best career numbers. Yeah, 484, 1304 OPS, six yeah. doubles, one homer. That is waffleage, my friend. Yeah, that's a waffle. That's a waffle. Francisco Liriano. Unfortunately, I got to say, he waffled my ass yeah. a lot. Yeah. I hated facing that dude, that back foot slider. He struck me out more times on that damn pitch. Three that for 24. Yeah, 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 and there's a lot of strikeouts in there, too. That's yeah, there's a, eight. There's eight. Uh, Carlos Zambrano. God, you know, I, I don't know if I waffled him or not, but I know I got a couple home runs and two or three doubles off him. Yeah. You're five for 25. You got uh, a double and two homers. You shot him twice, but you punched out 13 times. Yeah. So, yeah. So he, when I did waffle him though, I made it count. No, for sure. For sure. For sure. Uh, but here's the thing: is like when I face Zambrano, when he would like yell, I it's I, I'm not a scared person, but I'd be like, "Whoa, bro!" Like, all right, I'll give you this one. All right, I'll roll over yeah, for you. Yeah, well, he's not a out. guy. We've seen him, so he, I, you know, you everybody has those two or three guys that you always say hi to, even when they're on the other team, because you're like, 
Vincent Padilla. Remember him? Yep. I always said hi to him. I'm like, because this guy will hit me in the head and kill me. So <laughs> I'm going to stay on his good side. Oh, I love it. Uh, how about, ooh, you ready for this one? The yeah. D train, Dontrell Willis. Owned him. Waffled him yep. all day. Waffled him four times, too. You shot him four yep. times. Uh, 379 with a 1228 OPS. And you know what's funny is I faced him in 05 at the end of the season when I was a rookie. And I went 0 for 3 with three strikeouts. Punched my ticket all three times. And I was so pissed. And uh, Chipper got a hold of me after the game. And he's like, we're going to face him, obviously, tons next year. He's like, do not look at his leg kick. Do not look at anything. <laughs> look at where that ball comes out of his hand. Nothing else. Where that release point is. Second about I saw him the next year. First about I got a single second about put him deep. And I, I owned him ever since. I mean, you're pretty accurate on that, uh, as you recall. And I'm yep. looking back at because you can, you know, baseball reference, you could click oh, yeah. on the guy. Oh, yeah, it's amazing. Uh, ground out, homer. Yep, you're you're, you're accurate yeah. right here. This is good. See, Dontrell was a legend. So, growing up in Oakland, I grew up in San Jose. I ended up being on, like, these uh, showcase scenes with him. And he'd roll in, and it'd be, like, all these high schoolers that are going at this thing, like, rolling in like they're five years old to him and he just he'd go hit 500 foot bombs he'd throw 93 they had an electric smile everyone loved him and then he'd, he'd just like walk off it was, it was, was he was that legend was the best part about don child i tell billy's one of the best human beings i've ever met so it was so fun to face him because he respected you know people playing hard i love facing him he was he was fun good or bad all right we're moving on uh Aaron Cook. I think I waffled him pretty yeah, you good. Did. I know I had a, quite a few doubles off. Yeah, you had four. Damn, that's yeah. good memory right there. Yeah. Uh, I would think the guy like him would, would kind of, uh, you know, but you didn't like sliders away. Dude, that yeah. sinker, you, you yeah. see that thing up, you let it fly. And so that was the thing. Sinkers always gave me trouble, but Aaron Cook never had the slider to go with him. Uh-uh. He had that small little cutter. Yep. And it was like, you know who I used to hit okay too is like Kyle Kendrick. Kendrick had a good sinker, damn it, but he never had that slider away. That was one of them. I was gonna, I was gonna roll on KK because you waffled his ass. Four hundred yeah. with a nine twenty OPS. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. All right, so I got three more. All right, uh, and one is Cole Hamels. You know, Cole Cole did a good job against me. Um, I don't think I. What, what am I? I think I've looked that up before. What am I like two forty or something like that? Two sixty eight. 268. Okay, so I got some cheese off. Of yeah, uh, 656 OPS. You you yeah. shot him twice. Two, I'm gonna give that one like uh, that's like scrambled eggs, right? You don't even get yeah, the full I was waffle. Yeah, say that. You know what that is? That's an ego waffle. Yeah, that's oh, there you go. That's perfect. An ego waffle. I like yeah. that one. Um, all right, so the last two I'm gonna do for you because uh, I was gonna do Mariano, but you raked them two for three. Uh, yeah, I got to go with these Hall of Famers. And the reason why I bring up the Hall of Famers is Tom Glavin and Greg Maddox. You grew up watching these guys. And as I did as well, like, it's funny because I've told you this, being a West Coast kid, we were almost Braves fans growing up because we got all their games at 435. Yep, exactly. Every day. They're on prime time. And it, it, it was incredible. So then you go to that, you go to the Giants games, A's games, whatever it was after. But to face Tom Glavin, to face – a uh, Greg Maddox. What was that like, number one? And then you got to tell me, did you waffle him or not? 
so facing those guys was awesome because as you said, I grew up, I grew up watching them every, every five days. I went to shoot. I probably saw both of 40 or 50 of their starts, you know? So, you know, to see these guys and to see them, what they could do with the baseball was amazing. Uh, Glav, yes. I, I, I didn't do damage against Glav, but I did. I think I'm hitting like somewhere in 330, 340 off him. Yeah, 300. 300. Three doubles, though. Seven, RBI, seven, seven RBIs. Well, he still gets so pissed because there was a game at Shea, bases loaded, two outs. He had me 0-2, and I got so far up on the plate. And as you know, I can hit some pitches that are way out yeah. of the zone. He threw a changeup literally a foot and a half off the plate, and I stuck my ass out. And literally threw my bat and blooped one over the second baseman's head for two. And he still hasn't forgotten that one. But like, and then when you look Matt, out there, like when you're facing him, you're just like, whoa. Like, did you have to step back at least a little bit? Yeah, yeah. I, I remember the two, the two people that, that besides the Braves, besides Glavin and Maddox, that I grew up just were the two people that I really kind of was like, wow, when I faced him was Pedro Martinez and Roger Clemens, <laughs> you know, just growing up watching those guys. For me, when I faced them, finally, I was like, wow, you know, this is incredible. Maddox, I know I got a hit off of. I don't, I don't think I did much damage, though. No, you're you're three for seven off of him. Okay, there you go. He didn't punch you out. He didn't walk you. Uh, well, he had a 14, he 17 OPS me. against him, which I, is, a, like, let's be honest here. Or no, no, that, that's uh, Mariano. Sorry, I had to throw that one out there for you. 857 OPS. You waffled Greg Maddox. I'm sorry. You wa- when you're three for seven, you waffled him, all right? Well, I'll tell you this. With, with Maddox, the thing that you know as well as I do, for me, it was actually a pretty damn good matchup because of the sole fact that I was never worried about him. You know, I knew he was going to throw strikes. Yeah. yeah. You know, I, I always actually had pretty good numbers against people that I knew were going to throw strikes because I could get aggressive and I could – kind of like I said with, with Glavin I knew he'd be around the zone you know the the guys that always gave me trouble man were like you said Liriano um, Josh Beckett you know they were kind of effectively wild those guys owned me <laughs> owned me yeah well you know what you owned a lot of people and you're owning a lot of people in their domes right now as you're talking on a Phillies podcast and I appreciate on, it on my tractor at the on your tractor on your John Deere yep well Jeff Ancourt Thank you so much for joining me on Pine Tower for breakfast. And uh, until I see you again or talk to you again, thanks. Well, thank you, buddy. And I hope I am up there later this summer, and I hope me and you are playing the cricket club and calling oh. a big league ball game at the bank. Oh. I'm just thinking about playing golf right now. I just said, give me a second. Okay, okay, and, I'm done. And then I'm go done. to I'm Del Frisco's and we can hammer big steaks and butter cakes. Like this, uh, now, you see why I'm optimistic because I I think about that and that's I have to go back to good memories. Well, I appreciate you doing that, and I appreciate Thank you, you coming on here. And it, dude, I, again, phenomenal time. Thanks, buddy. And that was Frenchie. Thank you so much for Jeff Rancourt at Jeff Rancourt on Twitter at Kevin Franzen for myself. And for those that didn't know about this, Pine Tar for Breakfast is brought to you by McDonald's. Open and ready to serve your favorites. Whenever you're ready, swing by their drive-thru at participating McDonald's. Again, another great day here for Pine Tar for Breakfast. I'm Kevin Franzen. And until next time, which may be tomorrow, which may be Monday, who knows? Stay tuned. Peace.
Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road. The steeper, the better. Because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive, so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones, so we'll never lose touch with civilization, and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend or do something a little more epic? And conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai. There's joy in every journey.